Welcome to the Manly Things Podcast. This is Andrew, Justin, and Ryan. That's right. We have Ryan with us. Uh, we're gonna introduce. Uh, we're gonna let him introduce himself a little bit more later. Here in probably like five minutes, actually. And I'm excited. This is a whole new kind of episode we're doing. But yeah, what is the series we're doing? Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner. Yes. So obviously, <laughs> Ryan is a, a coach. coach. You just gave it away, man. I know, but no, nah, not really. Not really. All right. All right. We're going to be throwing people for a loop. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> Ryan Ryan will talk about coaching here in a little bit. So, Ryan, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Good. Ryan is also he also works here at New Life a little mm-hmm. bit, too, at the church here. So, um, before we start, I do have a story I want to share real quick because I thought of the story, and I think I told you in the pool yesterday. That sounds weird. Yeah, me and Justin were swimming in the pool yesterday. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Two days ago, just chilling Two in the pool. Ago. So, I'll tell Ryan. All right. So, um, the other day I was cleaning out the skimmer in the pool and mm-hmm. at the bottom of it, there was this like massive beetle Okay. and I'm like talking like big and like, it was like hard as a rock, but it was like, it was almost like the chlorine perfectly preserved this thing. Oh, okay. And so I showed Judah and Judah loved it. And he's carrying it around and playing with it. And all of a sudden he's like, I stomp on it. And, and Sam were like, we stomp on it. Like it's gone. Like, I don't think he understands gone yet. So he puts it on the ground and stomps on it. It's gross. We kick it off the side. Right. That night, going to bed, Sam's doing prayer with them. And they go through the prayer, and all of a sudden, he's like, Mommy, I need to tell God something. And, like, Sam's thinking, like, what? Like, what do you need to tell God, buddy? I smashed that beetle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Some remorse. That's great, man. That's good. He's already getting Teach con- him to have a conscience. That's right. right. That's, he's that's good. already getting conviction. And so, and so Sam was like, so you feeling bad about it? Yeah. He said, God still loves me. Yeah, God still loves you. He you forgives go. you, so... <laughs> yeah, that was our our weekend of Judah learning about sin. I guess I don't know. Go. That's, good. That, that's gonna be a great sermon <laughs> illustration. Judah and the Beetle. Yeah. I like that. Judah and the Beetle. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna Sounds be three like Saturday. Bible story. Everyone's gonna say, "What Bible story is that?" Judah and the, <laughs> that's the, in the Beetle. That's in the Second Judah three verses. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that was that was an exciting thing to happen this weekend. Justin, what did you do? Oh, I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember what I did last week. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a whirlwind. It's just, you know, one thing after the other. Had a plantar fasciitis flare up. I'll get more into this into the 6-5. I decided to take my events of the day and put it into our end of the night devotion. And work it out with God And work it out with God (laughs) and let everyone hear that I am far from perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll hear about it. Ryan, do you have anything you want to share? Man, for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, or just oh, this gosh. week. What's happened so, last two weeks? Whatever. So, I, I mean, we had this random trip. So my my father-in-law, like most people, when you think up a, a last-minute random trip, it's like to like Columbus or, or, or Cleveland. He just had this like, hey, let's go to Buffalo to the, the U.S. Naval Museum. Okay. And I don't think that any of us really realized how far that was. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> Buffalo, that, that sounds close. And it was like... An hour and forty-five up to Cleveland, then three hours to Buffalo. Okay. I mean, it was fun though. We got it was cool. My my uh, wife's uncle Frank went with us. He's big into cycling. I'm big into cycling, so I'm pretty sure we bored the entire van the whole time <laughs> with talking about like hardtails and you know, road bikes and what's the difference between a road bike and a gravel bike. But we had fun. So uh, no, it was overall a good weekend. I don't know anything that you just said right now. That, that's and okay. I, I learned okay. something new about <laughs> you that you're into cycling. I I didn't know that either. I'm. I want to get into cycling. Yeah, you oh, yeah. have a cool So I, I have thing. a bike, and I've ridden it a few times, but I'm not 
there yet. See, cycling though, this is new for me. Like you know, I, I act like I, I like to act like I've been doing this for a long time. Really, it's been COVID. It was a COVID hobby, <laughs> and it was one of those things. Like I just got on it because it looks cool. You know, you like watching the people down there. And I've I've graduated. At first, I was just like you know wearing average people clothes. Now I have like. This is embarrassing, but like yep, the whole ahead. like tight, you know, <laughs> oh, band yeah. suit thing. The oh yeah. Up. And no, oh, it was funny today I went and, uh, Colton is just, he's so embarrassed of it because I have like the helmet now and I've, I just got shades, yes. uh, actual cycling shades. And what I brand? Said, what are they? Uh, there's some off remember? brand off okay. of Amazon, okay. you know, like the cheap ones that, you know, they look like they're 40, but they're like five bucks. Yeah. That's, that's what I need. That's, yeah. that's it. And I'll <laughs> tell you, sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> you can find a lot of imitation stuff. And I just, I looked up, I was like, how do I look, buddy? He goes, do you want the truth? I'm like, yeah. He goes, it looks terrible. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We'll, we'll call myself a, a bite, a cycling semi enthusiast. Yeah. I think a lot of nice. people probably picked up random things during the COVID year. Oh yeah, and learned everything on YouTube. If you go on YouTube and learn, everything oh about absolutely, bikes, oh yeah, gotta yeah. know what you're talking about, dude. I'm the same way, man. Like I, 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 but I'm one of these people though. Like I can like never stick with stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like I want to learn this, and I learn enough to be dangerous with it. And I'm like I'm done with that now. <laughs> no few terms. Let's try this thing now. Like, and that's probably like how I am with most stuff. I'm just okay at a lot of things. Hey, that's okay. I'm that way too. I have so many things that interest me, and I like dive in. I learn about it. And then I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? And I learn about it and then move on to the next thing. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, you. <laughs> I, I learn about it and probably spend too much money on it for yep. a uh, Amen. <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> oh, man. So let's get into it. Coach's Corner. So, Ryan, we, uh, you're learning this as we learn it. So, mm-hmm. like, when we started this podcast, we decided let's write out some topics and we said, why not have a coach on every once in a while? Because one thing, sports, men like sports, but we also like to talk about leadership and what better way than talk about two great things, sports and leadership within sports. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, so um, so right now I, I'm the men's and women's lacrosse coach at MVNU. Uh, I have been in that role. I've done men's for, this will be entering my fourth season, uh, women's will be entering my second and I, I, I've always coached ever since college. As soon as I graduated, I got into it. And obviously, high school is a part-time thing. So I believe I'm going into my 10th overall season or 11th overall season coming up here uh, pretty soon. But I was really excited about coming to the NAS. Uh, before this, I was in full-time ministry and still do ministry here at New Life as the sports pastor. So sports I, guy. I still doing coaching there, too. But um I was really excited to come here because of the opportunity to what I feel is continue doing ministry because that's what I really feel like ultimately this is what this position is, but do it within a venue that that I have just come to love. I grew up playing sports. Um, coaching was always part of the equation. For instance, the you know very young age I wanted to to do this, and so it was cool that God led me in a in a way that. I could got to continue to do ministry, which I love, yeah. and I get to coach, which I love. So do both of yep. them. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And lacrosse. How'd you get into lacrosse? So it's a funny story. Um, lacrosse was really not. It's not huge in Ohio right now. It's definitely growing. Ohio is one of those big emerging states. But um, when I when I started playing, it was it was very rare. You know, the the academies did it. It was kind of a prep school sport. Yeah. And when I started getting into it, it was just starting to get into public schools and some of the now powerhouse teams were just getting teams. But I actually didn't start playing until college. I was a football guy all the way up. 
uh, actually went to Malone University on a football scholarship. Like that was my that was my thing. Like I, I wide receiver, put a little bit of quarterback, did did everything. I was all in the the holder too. I was yeah. So <laughs> my claim to fame in college was that I so the holder is such a weird position. Like I um, they wanted somebody who could catch the ball really well, but then someone who could also pass the ball if like we ran a fake. So like I was a pretty decent combination of that. And so, like that was my—that's how I started all all the years yeah. I was there. Was I was the the holder for place kicks, yeah. and no one cares about it. Like, <laughs> I made some stink. I'm gonna brag on myself because I never got this chance. I made some stink and good like snag and and holds, <laughs> and you would make them, and you'd feel so good. You'd stand up, you start walking back the sideline. No one says a thing to you, because like, <laughs> but but it, but if you miss one, you're like the worst thing that ever happened. Yeah. How could you not do it so easy? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they never got any love. So maybe that's why, like, I gravitated toward a new, new sport. But uh, when I was at Malone, it was just like MVNU. They were starting a team. Yeah. And at that point, they're like, hey, listen, like, we got a couple guys who played in high school, but we really just need athletes. Would you like to play? And it was, it was funny because I think the reason they really want – I'm an organized – like, I love to organize sports, hence my job. Yep. And – they needed someone to take care of all the paperwork <laughs> for starting the club and all that kind of stuff. So that's, I think, how I really got on the team. And then from there, I just absolutely loved the sport. Saw a lot of the kind of skill sets I had in football translate really well. And so when I graduated college, I had the opportunity to go coach football or coach lacrosse. I decided to go coach lacrosse. And yeah. The rest is kind of kind of history. Now you're at Mount Vernon cool. Nazarene yeah, University. At the U and B and U, which you came just for the men's lacrosse, right? Because isn't the women's lacrosse pretty new to the school? Yes, yes. So our men's team is is now varsity. We transitioned my first year here. We were club. Yep. Uh, played a club schedule, a couple of varsity teams, and now we're full fledged members of the NAIA. Um, and our women's team is starting a similar way. They're they're they spent last year as a club. They're going to spend another year as a club, and we're going to kind of see excuse me, kind of how that, that molds. Um, I had a really unique background when I got the job in that I coached both men's and women's at the high school level, which they are very, very different games. Yeah. One high contact. Um, I don't call it football, but you know, it's hockey yeah. hitting. Right. Yes. Um, and then you have women's, which is a lot like basketball. It's limited contact. They don't even, they don't wear helmets. They wear eyewear. Um, and so like, it's really weird to find coaches who have, coached both, both. so that there was, is there's differences oh, there uh, huge. Be two different strategies oh I assume. yep gameplay and everything yeah girls so girls has this funny thing it's called shooting space okay. you are not allowed to stand in front of a girl who's about to shoot the ball within the <laughs> critical scoring area it's the weirdest rule probably in all of sports so basically because they get a wide open shot exactly so, but the goalies there's a goalie so right? yes and there's this there's what, what, what happens is there's imaginary, we call it the ice cream cone, because the crease is a circle, mm -hmm. and then there is a cone that comes out to it to the ball carrier, and you are allowed to defend them outside of that cone up until you're within sticks length of them. It is the hardest thing to coach. Uh, it is, it's called multiple times during the game. It's, it's a pretty common uh, thing, so... Uh, mm -hmm. It is why a lot of people have not crossed over and coached both men's and say, women's. I can imagine refing that would be incredibly difficult. Oh, it's, it's very difficult. How do you make that? It's, it can't be a consistent call at it, all. It, honestly, it's like umping baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you control so much of the game yeah. because if you're calling it really tight, 
I mean, girls are going to end up at the the shooting the the eight meter arc taking free shots the whole game. Yeah. If you're a lot more loose, like you may never see a girl on the eight meter. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the the officials have a lot of play in in girls lacrosse. In girls lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because I my experience with lacrosse is like negative four because <laughs> where I'm from, small small town, small town USA, football, basketball. Baseball. Right. Well, let me say this because I've always said wrestling, like, track, cross country. Gotta yeah, throw those in. Yeah, you got those. Gotta out. give the love for the other yeah. sports. With ice hockey, I've always said I would love playing ice hockey if I could skate, mm. which here, like, you know, south of Michigan, you don't skate basically. Like, there's no <laughs> ice skating rinks. You're not going to skate. There's really no ice hockey. And so, like, lacrosse would have been that probably because I'm yep. like, man, that idea of like getting to like hit and like, but still have like Absolutely. this game and like, I was like, that would have been perfect for me. And I think if more kids see it that way, they'd mm-hmm. want to go play it. But it, it is coming down to Ohio, and there's actually some teams in some of my old town in northern Kentucky now. Yep, yep. That are they're building programs Kent- Kentucky down. is our recruiting hotbed. And, and, and you're right. Like, the cool thing, lacrosse has always gotten a reputation as a preppy sport. Yeah, yeah. Always that's has the problem. Been. And like, because when you think lacrosse, you think Duke and Lacks, like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, right. yeah, the bros. So the bros. And I mean, it's it's made its way it's made its way into rap songs as like the funny punchline of like we hit like a lacrosse bar, all that kind of stuff. And the really cool thing I will say in being a part of in Ohio, and especially as a guy who played football first, Midwest lacrosse is very different than East Coast lacrosse. It's almost like um, and I don't know how much you know about soccer, but it's almost like U.S. soccer versus basically the rest of the world where you know you get touched you fall to the ground and you you always stretch your calf no matter you get hit in the head you get hit in the belly you're stretching your calf i don't know why that is but (laughs) we we just have a much more physical version of the game east coast players hate that because they're like that's not true lacrosse i love it because it gives us our own stamp on the game that we're very physical we're very gritty style of play and that's something we're we're, we really want to have oh absolutely that's right that's right they're all converts all converts yep yes do you now? That's a good question, though, because like coming into Ohio, Kentucky, mm-hmm. when you're going to these places where maybe you're recruiting kids who don't really have a whole lot of lacrosse experience, mm-hmm. what athletes or type of athletes are you looking for that would translate into the game of lacrosse? Oh yeah. So and, and I'll tell you, even at at uh, MVNU, we've had guys who have not played lacrosse in high school play here at our on our team, and we've we have several of them that are starting right now. Um, and people be like, well, does, does that mean your team stinks? And I mean, our, our team's getting really good. Like this year, we're very excited about kind of the team we've put together. But as a guy who played lacrosse late, I have seen like how quickly some of those skills can translate to the game. Mm-hmm. I know wide receivers make really – that's what I was because you've got good hand-eye coordination. You've got good footwork. Um, linebackers uh, have made really, really good uh, defensive players. Yeah. Uh, if you can teach them the skills, if they got some hand-eye coordination, they can make uh, a real quick uh, transition to the game. Uh, there's a guy in the PLL who his main thing in college was uh, that PLL is the professional lacrosse, his premier lacrosse league. And he was mostly in college a football guy, and he's now a starting faceoff guy in their pro league because he was able to take a lot of those things from being a linebacker and apply it to the game of lacrosse. Now, that doesn't mean that it's easy. It's very right. difficult. But, uh, you know, we look for guys who have that hand-eye coordination, who have that toughness, who can be physical, uh, and, and especially good footwork. 
you can definitely be successful. At the yeah, as long class. as you got those physical uh, abilities there, it's really then teaching the fundam- fundamentals of lacrosse, mm-hmm. which is probably the hardest thing. Oh, yep. It's like <laughs> learning those things. But as long as you got that, you can catch things. Right. You can move. You can run. You can jump and, you know, be tough. Then it's just those fundamentals. What are you right. laughing about over there, Justin? <laughs> if you can catch things. I don't know. It just made me laugh. The five Ds and of dodgeball. There dodge, you go. Dip, duck, dive, and dodge. dodge. Which, by the way, just off topic, we went on a mission trip last week. Took 30 teens there, and on a Wednesday night, they brought in all these youth groups to play a dodgeball tournament, mm. and our team went 0-4. Ooh. After the first game, I made them go up and run laps in the, on I the track. <laughs> hey, man, then, accountability. Accountability <laughs> of your performance. That's why they lost, and everyone's like, what are they doing up there? I'm like, they're running laps. That's it. I was like, this year, we were playing dodgeball right. every Wednesday night. <laughs> I was going to say, they needed a better coach. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm out there just like with Attitude a GoPro. Attitude reflects leadership, right? I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there with a GoPro, just like yelling at them, like throw the ball. But it was a good mission trip. Anyways, back to lacrosse. So one question I kind of have because MVNU is a Christian school. Mm-hmm. How have you seen like coaching there? And because I would say, would well, let's ask this: most of the guys that you're recruiting mm-hmm. are they your typically your typical MVNU kids? Uh, it, it's a mixed bag. It okay. really is. I mean, we we really w- the term that we use at MVNU is mission fit. Yeah. And what that means is that you don't have to come in here being, you know, youth group kid. Yep. Perfect example of of a a guy who's raised in the church. I mean, we we've got a whole mixed bag of guys who are, you know, bloodline Nazarenes on our team. <laughs> we've got a few of those, and uh, we've also got kids who, some of them haven't even gone to church, but mm-hmm. what we always do is we explain, hey, here's the rules of the university. Um, this is what we're about. This is our you know, expectation as an athletic department, as a team, and if you feel that you can uphold those, we want you here. We want you to be a part of this, because that is part of the ministry side of it. You know, For me, I, I have a very different view, because I, I grew up in a public school. Uh, you know, Even in going to a Christian school for college, you know, I played football, which yeah. I mean, I love football. I don't want to down it. It's, but culturally, I mean, some of the roughest guys you'll, you'll meet some of the greatest guys too. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong there. So I have just, I don't necessarily have this fear of guys who are not the perfect, you know, image of a Christian guy. And, but, but I will say this, our guys, we recruit, high for character and and i think that has been helpful because even if a guy doesn't necessarily believe everything that we believe um they come in i think guys who are open-minded who want to grow who want to see themselves stretched and challenged and i think that is a perfect that's perfect soil for planting that seed of you know where are you at in your relationship with god you know what what is even your concept of god and and we've had those conversations with our guys uh quite a bit which the reason why I asked that is because, I mean, your job is even more than what a typical coach is. Like you're leading them as a coach in the sport. You're leading them, you know, when you're a coach in college, you're also at, you know, academics as well. Mm-hmm. But then you also have this, which we, we put it at a high priority, which mm-hmm. is the, the, the relationship with God. And so it's like that leadership, those three things mm-hmm. you're all doing at once, trying to mold these guys. And some of them may be a little stubborn with it. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So lacrosse. <laughs> Justin? Andrew? <laughs> I'm just sitting here listening. I'm taking in all this information. I've learned so much tonight about lacrosse. I didn't even know that there was a professional 
I don't know either. Near lacrosse league. I had no idea. So yeah. I'm learning a lot. But as far as like the coaching side of things, what would you say, one, is the most rewarding thing for you as a coach and or the most difficult thing that's as good. a coach? No, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would say rewarding is getting to a place of having having a, a player's trust and their their confidence. Because here's the thing, you spend a lot of time with each other. Mm-hmm. And I would be completely lying. Yeah, I remember this as a player too. You you see the best and worst of everybody on the team, uh, including yourself. <laughs> the, the the players see the best and worst of you, as well. And and so like there's times I'd say the discouraging side of it is you're wondering are these guys getting it at times? Like there you you go to a practice. Um, it's not even necessarily like X's and O's type stuff, um, but it'll be like you know a guy will. I don't get mouthy with a teammate or, or talk back about something or question something. And, and you're just wondering, is this, is everything that we're preaching, this being about the team, not be, being about we and not about me, are those things actually translating to life? And it's those times that you can kind of feel a little bit discouraged. You know I mean? There's, there's times I've gone home and, and I'm like, you know, what's the purpose here? Cause at the end of the day, and I've, you know, I've been coaching for, you know, 10, 11 years, right at this point, uh, coached youth sports even before that and I've just got to this point where it used to used to always be about the winning and now I'm just like gosh at the end of the day if it's not transforming their life in some way shape or form what's the point of sports anyway but I will say the real rewarding thing is after going through those times with some of these guys hearing them make a statement uh, watching them do something on the field, uh, watching them sacrifice something of their own, you know, whether it be a scoring opportunity or whatever, to to help a teammate or to be unselfish with the ball, or you know, they they, they got a guy's back in practice, whatever that might be, and you're like, it, it all feels like it's actually coming together. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. And so, uh, and, and a lot of the times those things happen. <laughs> sometimes happen where you're in the lowest of lows, and that's a good pick me up uh, to see, hey, the, these things are um, some of these things are sticking. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I say that it's funny that you're you're talking like that because I say a lot of that with uh, <clears throat> youth ministry, being a youth pastor, because I tell our leaders all the time, like, it can be discouraging because there's times that you see, like, a spiritual highs and, like, the next week you're like, did you just forget everything that right, happened right, right. last week? <laughs> and it's like, so, yeah, that, that's one thing is, like, with leadership that it gets, can get discouraging at times. And I can see that with sports as well. Mm-hmm. I have one question because you, t- you alluded to the football and the culture of football. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a conversation not that long ago about sports coming to certain schools, and it was surprising what sport you said the culture may be one of the worst cultures for sports. And I'm not, I'm not saying worse in a bad way, mm-hmm. but what is it? The wor- worst culture. Do you remember? In I remember. Huh? What's what's the context of worst? Not what. Well, why don't you just say it? Remind, Andrew? remind me, and, I'll, and I, I can tell you. Baseball, baseball. Oh, wow. we were talking. We we're talking about church sports. Is what we were talking oh, about. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Things, and you okay. said like the culture so, of baseball. First of all, if Keith Veal does happen to get his hands on this, Keith, don't take this person. <laughs> I think you do a wonderful job, and your team reflects none of this. But anyway, one of the hardest things, I, and I'll say, not, not necessarily university level, but. Um, administrating at the youth leagues is yeah. is baseball, yeah. baseball and men's softball. Yes. Also, if anyone of those guys hear this, I apologize. <laughs> you don't but, need to apologize. Most of us know. So, so here a couple things because I, I I've also played uh, church softball. Yeah. 
Um, I'm extremely competitive. Yeah. Uh, I can be a jerk out there sometimes. So I'm just going to throw that out there. So like, this is not judgment. This is, I am partaking of this with you, but it is so difficult because all the other sports that I've coached and played, if you get mad at a guy on your team, you hit him and you do it within the, the confines of the rules, you know, a, as a wide receiver, if a cornerback, you know, did something to you to play before, yeah. the next opportunity you get to block him, like you're putting him on his butt in yeah. lacrosse. If, you know, you had a guy who scored on you the time before, the next opportunity you get, you're going to hit him coming across the middle. Baseball, Hockey, you just drop the gloves it, it, exactly. and Exactly. There, there, there are these venues for getting rid of your aggression. Yes. Baseball and softball don't have that. So I feel like it just builds up in people. Heart attacks. Yes, the, the, whole, the whole time – and then they just and, and the other thing is everything in baseball is is it subjective or objective? Yeah. Subjective? Yes. Yes. Subjective. Because down to the calls, the balls and the strikes. Right. Which that's a big thing. And and here's the thing. I have never administrated a game where people have not complained about the umpiring the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Because if you're losing, it can't be you. It has to be the strike zone. If if you're if you're winning even so I, I gosh I've had men's softball games where they're like you know they they killed somebody and they still have a problem with the officiating yeah and I, I'll tell you I would never ever ever officiate umpire baseball or softball yeah. it's the worst gig in sports yeah and to clarify we're not talking about certain we were talking about starting church like youth leagues and mm. like men's leagues and oh, just baseball yeah. in general is so hard to get people to be on board with just because yep. of that i do think it is that umpiring refing that um i mean just like that that rule with women's lacrosse mm -hmm. that it's all in one person and so like right. what his strike zone is and it's not going to be the losing team strike zone. and, and i'll just, tell you <laughs> this is another big thing and i've had to learn this as a parent you know as i have kids in sports now uh in a sport that i did not play my son plays soccer um and so I, I, I've had to learn the rules. And so what I, what I, the other thing I think with baseball is you have a lot of people who watch baseball, so they believe they know baseball, yep. and they take that out to the field with them, and it, it just ends up usually being somebody, you know, kind of making a fool of themselves, <laughs> questioning calls when, you know, when you're really out there, you really know the game. It's like, no, that's, that's not kind of how it works. Right. So, yeah, that, that all adds up. To, that's, why, that's why that has been my, my personal least favorite to administer. Yeah, I just thought that when you were just talking about it, it all of a sudden came to mind because baseball is my favorite sport. But I'm like, you're so right with that, well, though. And I'm going to ask you with softball, like, okay. do you guys fight over what balls you use? No, well, luckily... And bats. So, I mean, that's a huge oh, okay. thing. So that's yeah. the biggest problem right there is... I've played in leagues where they're strict with it, mm -hmm. where they were like you literally have to lay your bats out on the inside fence, and the ump will look at them all, and if he has a problem with one, he says you can't play with this, and then they give you the ball you use. Right. But then there's some leagues I play in that they don't check anything; it's whatever goes, and then all of a sudden this team pulls out this bat, and everyone's hitting home runs. Mm -hmm. At the end of the game, you like tell them, "Hey, go check that bat." Oh, this was right. illegal. Well, what do you do now? And and this is another thing. Because now, now it's coming back to me. It's coming back to me, our conversation. <laughs> okay. This is another thing with baseball and softball. I've yeah. never seen a sport so, well, I don't believe it's equipment. I, I tell our guys, for example, I said, a poor craftsman blames his tools. Yeah. 
And so, but I've never seen such a, a sport so equipment driven. I was in, a, I mean, I've been in a league where we literally had an hour and a half meeting about the ball we were going to use. It was the Baden fire. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And how, oh, it's too live and it's going to hit my third baseman and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, it was just crazy. And then you got your home run guys who, oh, we love this. It's a great ball because they just want to launch it yeah. every, every time they're up. And, and literally, I, I mean, I remember sitting there and that was an epiphany moment for me. I'm like, well, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I am literally in a meeting right now arguing with 40 50, 60-year-old men, 30-year-old men, you know, whatever, whatever that the age bracket is in there, about what kind of ball we're going to use yeah. for softball. Yeah. That's softball yeah. for you. Our, the balls we use in this league here in town are pretty dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're pretty dead. Well, because we play ASA, which is a slower <laughs> slower yep. league, yep. where there's a USSA, which I like playing that. It's a little mm-hmm. faster. Bat, the bats are nicer. But honestly, anymore, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like I really don't care. Like obviously Let's just I play the game. Win, Let's just play the game. But at this point, like I, I just fall won't far play. enough for it to matter. <laughs> <laughs> I can pop it up with whatever bat and ball. There right? you go. There you <laughs> go. I can I can hit pop up no exactly. matter what, and I can uh, miss a ground ball, no matter how hard they hit or how That's soft it. they hit it. Sometimes, yeah. so I I definitely feel you though on the uh, the umpiring thing. I used to umpire. Did you? That's know that? right. I remember you telling me that. Oh man, the worst call I ever had to make. Now, this is something that a lot of people probably don't know. So if you swing at a third strike and it hits your hands, what's the call? It's a swinging strike, right? It hits your hands. It hits your hands. You swing. It's not a hit by pitch, is it? It's actually a dead ball strike. Mm. So... It's a, it's a dead ball because it did hit you, but you swung. Yeah. Just like if it hits you in the mm. chest or the side or whatever, you swing. Right. It's still strike, but it's a dead ball. Right. So I had to call. I had to make the call because I knew it was the right call, a right. dead ball strike. And everyone, of course, growing up, they used to say, people used to say, the hands are part of the bat. It's a foul ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Right. No. Technically, it's not. So I had to make that call in a game. Yeah. Against it was two teams. One team should have just absolutely annihilated the other one, but for whatever reason, on that day, the the underdogs came to play and played with that other team, and they ended up beating them. Wow! And I had people so mad at me throwing that. I don't know. I was probably called every name in a book. You know, telling me they'll send me rule books. They'll send me rule books in the mail. I'm like. <laughs> I don't know what to tell Adult you, Adult softball hey, fields they, are just such a family-friendly environment. <laughs> it was awful. Read that rule book you just sent me. <laughs> it was it was awful, but yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, man. No. I've never coached. Well, no. I've never coached. I've never umped. I've never refed or anything. It's just, especially baseball, I'd, I'd never do it. I'd yeah. never do it. So the reason why I don't do it anymore. Yeah. So that's pretty much every have thing for coaching. But we were talking about something else here, and oh, we were yeah. uh, yesterday we were talking after a staff meeting and. One thing we all three have in common is that we're all Ohio State Buckeye fans. Amen. And right now there's some rumblings going on with some conference change-ups here. And uh, so we were talking a little bit before this. So, um, Ryan, what do you, what's going on here, and what do you think is going to happen? Here? So, I mean, what, it's all rumors. It's all you know, Twitter and social media banter. And, but you know, what, what we're talking about here is obviously the, the Texas-Oklahoma move to the SEC. Right. And immediately on the heels of that, of course, it comes in, oh, you know, what other teams are going to join them? And so, 
I'm see, we're seeing a lot of, you know, sources, quote unquote, and, you know, we've talked to this guy that's big up in the SEC and, you know, I've seen even articles confirming, yes, you know, they've had the, the conversation with Ohio State and Michigan about joining you know these uh, these this this mega conference that they want to put together. Yes. So which 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 again I would say is is probably not going to be the SEC if it becomes that it's going to be a whole new division. And I, I mean I'm hearing as many as twenty to twenty four other teams that that they've been courting to try to get to this perfect. And and, and I know I use this call it the the semi pro league for the NFL that yeah. they're trying to put together um, with all these really major college football programs. So are they going to kick out some of the teams like? Kentucky and Vanderbilt, yeah, Vanderbilt. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine so. I mean, because how how well records need to be kicked out of Big Ten. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, honestly, sitting here thinking about it, the nostalgia is all oh, Big Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten. But if you really think about it, what are we always fighting every year with Ohio State? It's well, they went undefeated, but how good are they? Yeah. They didn't play anybody. Right. Yeah. The Big Ten was so weak. The Big Ten was weak. So I don't really care. I'll be honest with you. I don't care. Let's play some SEC teams, and then if we lose, then we don't look like idiots right. in a championship game or in yeah. a playoff game. Or we win, and we win it all, and we look like studs. I agree. I agree. But there's still just something about it that like I'd still be upset. At the Big Ten, we're just no longer part of the Big Ten. It's that Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio State. Like, mm -hmm. well, there's something about it. But like, the thing is, is I was telling Ryan, I'm like, why is the SEC making this push? Like, if they are, mm -hmm. you know, a lot yep. of this is speculation. speculation yep. Um, why are they making this push? Because what if, like, now all of a sudden Alabama's got to play Georgia, they got to play Ohio State, they got to play Michigan. Well, that's just not not even Michigan doesn't even matter anymore. Oklahoma, uh, Texas, all the, like, what if they lose two of those? Now Alabama's not, you know, all of a right. sudden Alabama and LSU. I don't think Alabama and LSU care. I think it's the SEC as a whole and the money making that they could have. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, they've already they're already big on the SEC network and tied mm -hmm. to ESPN. Like it's it's all money. And 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 that's that's the big thing about this. I I think the thing that bothers me is not so much conference realignments. It's the motivation behind this. You look at it, and and this is entirely a money decision. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not a parity decision. It's not. There's lots of other things that you could do to have a more ideal, competitive environment. I mean, the eight-team playoff, I think, is is a yep. good start to that. I actually think that's that's a better option than even a mega conference because mm -hmm. you're allowing. I always like to see an underdog in there. The UCFs, the yeah. you know Boise State back in the early 2000s yes. was that team. Um, Western Michigan, State Washington, was one yep, not has long been ago. has been in there. I, I would love to see that that one mid-major team, just like we see in college basketball, get in there and have the opportunity to have an upset. Yeah. Um, I think if we if we were making decisions for competition reasons, that would be the better scenario. This is entirely about money. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hate that because college sports is already about that too much. The NIL stuff has enhanced that. that I, I think this is a, that's a big reason for this whole push is because uh, monetizing you know players names and and yeah. I, you know yeah. likenesses that's gonna get crazy over the next few years mm -hmm. what's that look like gosh I don't know that's gonna be crazy mm. but I mean one thing we do know is the big 12 is now <laughs> <laughs> life support yeah life support. I mean who do Pretty they have much. Iowa State gosh Missouri Iowa State Texas Tech 
Kansas. Kansas. Baylor. But, is Baylor still in the Big 12? Yes. Okay. Did I miss, I've so got when to it miss comes somebody. to football, I mean, like, to lose Texas and Oklahoma. And that's the thing with yeah. Oklahoma. It's like, if you had a good season, you were in the playoff. Right. As Oklahoma. And now, and <sighs> again, but Oklahoma's like, yeah, we're going to get... We're going to get mean, that SEC money. Yeah, that's what they, that's the, they're they going to get crushed every year. Yeah. They in will. my opinion. Oklahoma yeah. is going to be like that Arkansas-level team. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe they get up to, like... Um, Gosh, I'm trying to find a good example. Florida's probably not the well. Maybe Florida is the example. You know that that team yeah. that you start the year thinking, wow, you know yeah. they they took Alabama down to the wire. Maybe they're good. Then they lose to somebody random. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like that's that's very well what Oklahoma could be because because that's what they've been in the Big Twelve. Yep. That's why they've had they faltered as they've they're supposed to have these undefeated seasons and then they lose to somebody that they have no business losing to. So I mean, you talk about people say Ohio State's a pretender. Well, I mean. <laughs> Oklahoma, I think, is one of the grandest pretenders. Yeah, they just have not made it to the CPF enough to. Are you still just? Are you still attention. just a little hurt about Baker? Mayfield? Oh, absolutely, is that what absolutely. This is all about? absolutely. I used to, but as a Browns fan, I, we've we've, we've had, had to, to put to it past us. See, yeah. I'm not a Browns fan, so I still no. dislike <laughs> Baker Mayfield. He's, he's my guy now. I still. Who was it that played him? Uh, was it one of the Bosa boys who hit him at, like one of the first seasons in his NFL? And yep. did the plant, uh, the flag plant after? I think that after was. I, I vaguely remember that. Because I, I remember I all of a sudden watching that. this game, and one of Ohio State's defensive men. Uh, this is NFL now. Mm-hmm. Sacks Baker and gets up and waves the yeah, flag and plants it. That. And I was what? like, Yeah! As a Browns <laughs> fan, I'm okay with giving up that one sack to like just okay, we got it. Now we can move on with yeah. our lives. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah. It'd be interesting to see what all happens with that. Um, like you said, it'll just be the semi-pro league of the NFL. Yeah, I absolutely agree with the underdog thing. I mean, I don't know. I guess it seems like every year that I like the 18 playoff. Mm-hmm. You let mm-hmm. those guys in, see see if UCF really is, really yeah, are the national right. champions. But what are you going to do, though, if you have a major conference? Because now all of a sudden you're going to have six or seven teams in this conference yeah. with one or two losses, and then you're going to have that underdog with zero, Undefeated? you're yeah. still going to be like, well, these guys played all these teams. Right. Well, they're going strength in. strength of schedule. Well, they're still yeah. – and, and we're from an era – I think you guys remember this. I mean, there was a time in college football where the top 15, even maybe the top 20, were relevant in the, you know, the, the end of season – Yeah championship hopes yep. or or for us it was the the new year's new year's day games all that kind of stuff now i mean we're down to a place and i was reading an article about this the other day i mean we've got really four consistent contenders and then maybe a list of another three to four who even have a hope after that of making it you know right. i mean the yeah. big 10 is it's it's, it's it is ohio state and like, we don't even get the four right usually one right. of the four is way off and another sec notre team. dame yeah. Yeah. oh shot fire this oh, last hey love it. i'm all about it i'll say this if conference realignment gets notre dame in a conference i'm all for it <laughs> because those cats are going seven and five every year oh my goodness they'll can be the imagine? ones that stay out so they can be <laughs> that's it the, whatever the, undefeated there's going to be the mega conference network and then the notre dame network Notre Dame's yeah. like you know what guys let's slip into the big 12 there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're winning a conference now yes yeah, is what you asked for yep here we go oh, man oh. All right, here's a million-dollar question. Does Jim Harbaugh ever beat Ohio State? Nope. Man. Never. <laughs> it's not looking like it. I mean, they, they, this, is a, this is a team, like, and I have I know a lot of Michigan fans. You guys know a lot of Michigan fans. Yeah. Stewart's out there, so we at least know him. Oh, man. And, we'll pray for him. Yes, and, and I, I've just never seen 
a program with less momentum, a, a good program. I mean, call it what it is. It's funny. I, I get the whole Street and Smith's um, prediction book or Lindy's sports prediction book every year. And I'm looking back and I'm like, I can't believe Harbaugh's won nine or 10 games every season, basically. Yeah. It, because it doesn't feel like that. No, because, no, not at Because all. when they get to any type of game of significance, they get clobbered. And I've just never seen a team with that much consistent winning have such bad momentum. Mm-hmm. It's to the point where, you know, Michigan fans spend more time talking about Ohio State recruits than their own recruits. And what it, what it usually takes is, why can't we get five stars? Like, yeah. why are they getting all of them? And you know you're in a bad place at that point. <laughs> so I think, it's, it's, I think Jim can do it. He's going to need a lot of help. He's yeah. going to need a major injury at Ohio State. He's going to need Ryan Day to basically take a game off. A couple games. Yeah, yeah, a couple games. <laughs> but I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh faces an Ohio State team at its best or even one of its better performances and is able to win. They're going to need a lot of circumstances to go right to beat Ohio State. Yeah, well, I asked you this question yesterday. Justin, I'll ask you. If we had a coach at Ohio State that went, how many years has Harbaugh been at Is Michigan? it eight? Is it eight years now already? I feel like it's been a lot. Maybe that I might, don't even know. Maybe it's seven. Let's let's say seven. Seven years without winning a game. Does he stay at Ohio State? No. no. And then when I say the game, I'm talking about the game. No. Like, no, he doesn't. And so then you said, do they care as much about that game as we do? Do we hold it to a higher standard than Michigan fans do? Or Michigan does? I'm going to have to say we do. <laughs> I'm going to have to say so. Otherwise, they would... They would have made a change. Yeah. You can't lose that many. And then. I still think they still hold the overall go. record over our head. Like, hey, we still have the most overall wins. <laughs> I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's got to be something. He's yeah. drawn, like, he's a showy guy. Harbaugh is a big name. He's a showy guy. So he's drawn in probably ticket sales, mm-hmm. probably um, maybe camps, maybe all sorts of different things. There's, yeah. there's more to that story than just winning football games for Michigan because if it was then he would be out. So Michigan represents the the biggest losers in the way that oh, that's funny to say that. Actually that felt great. That felt good. <laughs> that made me smile. No. Michigan represents the biggest losers in the new college football because what we're seeing is the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And the guys in the middle just don't know what the heck they are. And look at programs Miami, Texas, USC Michigan. These were teams that we would have put back in our day, like yep. the top 15, top 20, that actually had a chance going into every season of going to the national tur- uh, national championship. And now it's like, I literally think Michigan's like, they they still have PTSD from the Brady Hoke and Rich Rod area era. Yeah, they and they're do. like, you know what? If this guy's going to win us nine or 10 games and all we have to deal with is getting beat by Ohio State every year, We'll go with that. Oh. Now, that's such defeatist mentality. Yeah. Yes. And I will say this. It doesn't mean as much to them because of that reason. I guess it's, that makes sense. They're overlooking that game. It's you, you try to downplay. I mean, when you've lost as much as they've lost, well, you've got to downplay that game. Yeah. Again, if they get rid of Jim Harbaugh, who are they going to get to fill that spot? Who Who's right. going to come coach Michigan? A lot of people. You A think? lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They could get people gonna, there, but you're who? Gonna get but who better? Coach. But who's going to recruit better than Jim Harbaugh? I, I want to ask you this question because we've talked about this a lot. Okay. Is Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, former Ohio State guy, Big Ten guy, 
has a personality. You know, what I mean, has a. I mean, he's young, but he's got a good coach, a, a bigger. He's he's got a growing name in in the quote unquote industry. Would that guy ever do anything with Michigan? I don't think so. I don't think he mm-hmm. would. Yeah, I don't think you would. That's, that was my thing too. Is well, my answer is more like I hope not. But also, <laughs> right. like he's at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I think he'll get a better school than Michigan if he continues on mm-hmm. the road he's on. Yeah, he's done some good things at Cincinnati, and I like Luke Fickle when I he was coaching too. with Ohio State. Yeah, I really liked what he did, and then when he went to Cincinnati, although I hate Cincinnati, just growing up in that area, just mm-hmm. like you, just I just didn't like him. Like I was glad that he was going there. Yeah, he's an intense dude, I guess. Yeah, I'd like to see him in a locker room, but I remember. So I went down to main campus one time, and it was, uh, oh, they would host something at a, oh, what's one of the the old arena, um, the shot, not the shot, um, St. John's, yes, St. Okay. John's yep. Arena, and there was like a Christian thing, like mm-hmm. they'd go and talk, and Jim Trestle would talk. Um, and tell like the story. Um, have you heard? Have you read the winner's manual? Or I have, yes. And yes. so you know, tells the story of if the game of life ended tonight, would you be a winner? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, James Laronitis, Marcus Freeman were there, and they were talking, and they were talking about how scared they were of Luke Fickle. That's crazy. Like how intense he was, and in the meetings, in like team meetings, like they would go in like. We held each other's hands because we <laughs> like <laughs> Coach Fickle's gonna come I'd at almost, us. You almost have to be an yeah. intense dude with that stuff, man. Gosh, with personalities like I mean James Laronitis, yeah. who in and of himself is an absolutely intense dude. Monster. That's that's scary, actually. Well, yeah, even just thinking it from my standpoint, because like um, a couple of years ago, do you guys know Lamar's Crawford, the chaplain mm-hmm. for the Bengals? We've had him speak at several things. Yep. I'm like, I don't know if I could ever walk in. Like, I probably could after a while. But just walking into a football locker mm. to be the pastor, man, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, you'd have to have a different kind of personality yeah. for that because I'm like, I would just be like in the corner like, if anyone wants to talk to me, I'm over here. <laughs> you got to be big personality. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. You got to be big personality. But, uh, yeah. So, I think I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, did they make the playoffs this year? Gosh. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's a given. Who I mean, in the Big Ten is going to no. challenge them this yeah. year? I agree. Nobody, unless we go to the SEC, apparently, or, <laughs> uh, yeah. Southeast, Southeastern Conference with Ohio State and Michigan, you know, Southeastern Absolutely. right there. So, so this wraps it up for the Manly Things topic. Um, Ryan, we're glad that you were here. I can Thanks tell you, working with him, the dude is an awesome dude. He runs a sports program here. It's like a really fast-growing sports program here in Mount Vernon. A lot of kids love it, and they super organized, but he's an amazing leader. And so, Ryan, Thank I appreciate you. everything you do. I'm excited to be here, yep. All right, so now we're going on to the six, six five. Ryan, you can stay for this too. I'm out, yeah. So this is your night, Justin. All right, so I'm just going to be real with everyone. Andrew the other night said, "You've got the six five this week," and I'm like, "Yep." And things have not went according to plan. <laughs> yeah. So today, I had uh, Monday morning. I woke up and I had the plantar fasciitis flare up in my foot. Okay. And, you know, whatever, you suck it up, you keep going. Today was a day at work where I was traveling down to Springfield, Ohio, to one of our plants. And I spent a day painting, cleaning, uh, working on a 5S project, trying to, you know, build everyone up, get pumped. Let's get things rolling in the right direction. And I probably overdid it with my foot today. Mm-hmm. It's a It's a big plant. 
uh, lots of walking, lots of being on my feet. And the two-hour drive home gave me my foot plenty of time to get to the point where I could not even put any weight on it. Bare- mm. Barely could even walk up my driveway. Yeah. Well, to make matters worse, my brakes were grinding. So I'm like, oh, I need to change these. Fortunately, I've got the parts. No big deal. I'll, I'll do that quick. So, you know, get the cars pulled in after some stressful just getting home activities <laughs> as per usual every day. Three little boys. That's just the yeah. norm. So go ahead, get the tire off, get the brakes off, which took a while because they were seized up, and that was kind of a pain. And then the housing you know, whatever the brakes and the caliper fit into that goes around the rotor, I'm getting ready to take that off because I'm replacing the rotors and the brakes. Mm-hmm. And so I go to take those off, and I those bolts are just seized up in there. I could not get them off. I just try and everything I could do in my power, PB blaster, you know, soaking my floor's drenched. My garage <laughs> floor's drenched in PB blaster from, from coming off of those things. And, you know, I'm trying so hard. And I just got to the point where... I'm in severe pain. I'm frustrated beyond belief that this is not working for me. Mm. And I was just like, I was defeated. For whatever reason, today, like, it was the stress of stuff coming home, the stress of being injured or hurt, I guess, not injured, hurt, and then not things not going to plan. Like, it was just too much. So it was one of those things that it just, it got the best of me. So I cool off a little bit and, you know, I, I called my dad tonight on the way here, actually. And I'm reminded as I'm talking to him. So my dad's a pretty, he's a pretty wise, wise dude. Mm-hmm. And he's got these isms. And some of the, the Randy isms, we'll call them, are play the cards you're dealt. You got to play the cards you're dealt. He's always says that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big one is. Well, if today's the worst day that I ever have, then I'd say it's been a pretty good day. Mm, and then good. and then the last one that he always tells you, anytime I call him and I have a day like today and I'm telling him and I'm he can sense the frustration in my voice and he always says, the devil's trying to get you today, man. Like, the devil's trying to get you today. Yeah. You don't, don't let him win. Yeah. And that's the thing that, you know, I felt tonight, you know, like the devil's trying to get me today. Yeah. And so I started to look up, you know, real quick. I'm like, once that clicked, this actually clicked at home. I'm like, the devil's trying to get me. So like, you know, I'm, you know, praying. I'm like, you know, God, just help me. Yeah. Help me because I'm done. Yeah. I'm done today. (laughs) So, and then, you know, I see this verse and it just made me think, do not, you know, this is Philippians four, six and seven. This is pretty common. A lot of people know this. So do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Mm. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that verse right there tonight was my verse for tonight. Yeah. Like I needed that. I needed to hear that. And I just wanted to get on here and say this tonight of just real stuff. You know, we could do a devotion, but this is just reality. Because yeah. we all have days like that mm-hmm. um, where you're just done. <laughs> you got to surrender and be like, all right, I'm tapping out. I can't do anymore. This is it. And that was today. And the other real thing is 
I think my dad's right. The devil is trying to get you. There's always a war going on, mm-hmm. and they're the, you know the devil's trying yeah. to like win you over or defeat you or get you to 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 go you know and go against God. And it's a real thing, man. Tonight yeah. was a real thing. I had real bad, not like horrible, horrible, but I just had super negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I had to be like, okay, that's it. Like I, I know. I know what Randy's telling me right now. I know Shout that Randy, Randy is Bush. <laughs> yep. So, Dad's a wise guy, yeah. but that's my that's my six five for tonight. Hey, that's good, man. Awesome. I mean, you know, there's always those moments in life, like when, like real moments when you're at home and like you had a rough day at work, and then you get home and like everything's wild, and you're trying to do something, and the kid or something's going wrong, mm-hmm. and I think to myself, man, I could just snap right now. <laughs> And just like take it out on them, or and like, but those are those things like where you can slip, right? Like, because we're gonna have bad days. It's like, how are we gonna let it affect us? Yep. What decisions are we gonna make after that? Because like, it's so easy just to like, just all of a sudden just let it just control the rest of your day and how you treat other people, or how you may just like, not I'm not gonna talk to Sam tonight. She's trying to talk to me, and I'm just not gonna talk because I'm just in a bad mood. And if I talk, I'm not gonna be happy. And so I've had those days too. Where I come home, I'm like, gotta sit here for a second. And I just gotta tell myself, like, you're at home now. You know, that's all back there. Don't worry about it. We can deal with that another time. So no, that's good, man. That's a good stuff. Ryan, you got anything you want to say about that? No, man. I, I was saying, like, <laughs> Ryan is also was, a very wise dude. Just Justin so you know. was like channeling some some like inner pastor there, reading that verse. Did you? Feel, I mean, that, I got the inflection there. I got, I got it, excited man. about it. That was good. You know, it's it's a spiritual gift. No, I'm, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Spiritual <laughs> gift. So yes, well, thank you, Justin. I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Again, Ryan, this is the first coach's corner. Awesome. Thank you for jumping in on with us. You know, we just kind of just uh, just went with it and. So I appreciate you just going with us on this. We were uh, very well prepared. Yeah, we were very well prepared. We said, we're just going to wing it. Let's hit record and see what happens. Best way to do it. So thank you so much. Ryan's an awesome dude. Um, And so, yeah, let's wrap it up. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Tell your friends about the podcast. And remember to always stay manly.